Hi and welcome to Life After Lockdown. I'm your host Heidi Lipson and today I'm speaking to Catherine Russell in Canberra, Australia. Uh, Catherine and I have a little bit of history. We used to record a podcast together called Overheard uh, in each other's living rooms. So today um, I'm on the other end and the other side of the world speaking to Catherine about her experience of lockdown and about her thoughts and feelings as things begin to lift a little bit there in Canberra. Welcome to Life After Lockdown. It is so, so nice to be talking to you. Likewise. For our listeners um, who are new to this podcast but maybe uh, familiar with Catherine, Catherine and I did a podcast not so very long ago that feels like a lifetime ago Mm. um, called Overheard and we were recording you were doing all the production and it would be on a Sunday morning at your place and there'd be baked goods and coffee and it just, it was such a fun time. So Catherine, welcome again and tell me about you. I'm, I'm, I'm a mother and a writer and kind of a public servant. I'd grown up in the country and wanted to live in a, a place that had great jobs and was beautiful to live in but also had a lot of space in it and um, I can tell you I've been thinking about that decision I made 15 years ago in these last couple of weeks as as, um, as you find yourself in the place where you are for a very very long time. I've worked a lot around sort of politics and uh, on big government projects and so watching, going through this experience, I kind of know how the machinery of government works a bit. I tend to find myself um, looking at the communications that are coming out, even New Zealand or the US, and sort of analysing a little bit about who's doing what and how it's actually working and how that might actually resonate with people for them to change their behaviour at this time. Um, so it's it's sort of been a bit of a fascinating period to me as well professionally. So we're in this really difficult spot in that we've got um, not a lot of active cases, uh, but reasonably tough restrictions, although they've started to relax some of them a little bit, but we can't go and relax the restrictions too much um, because the next state over the border um, is in a completely different situation. So... Um, they relaxed them a little bit and we were able to have a dinner party on the weekend, which was like, um, believe you me, we went big. Like, it's kind of like, we haven't had a dinner party for three three months. And then uh, the next day we had quite a sore head. But um, that, but there's a long way to go. Like, they still haven't opened schools here and it looks like they won't open schools till the end of July in Canberra. I feel like a lot of the restrictions might come back if we have a second wave of infections. I think they'll probably lift them and then lock us down and lift them and lock us down and lift them and lock us down. I'd love to know what have been some of the worst moments and the best moments that you're prepared to share with us. What have been the highlights and the low points for you? The coronavirus kind of lockdown experience really didn't kick in until um, around about the 17th of March. Uh, 10th to the 17th of March in Australia, that's when things started getting really serious. Um, And so in February, my um, 
I got really sick. I had to travel domestically um, to other states to do some work. And uh, on one of these trips, I picked something up and it, it developed into full-blown bronchitis. And um, last year I'd been really sick. So I have an autoimmune condition anyway, but um, I last year I had two bouts of pneumonia every single virus you could name under the sun. Uh, my daughter also got very, very sick, like bedridden sick, which is just so scary when you see your kids really, really ill. Um, and I, so I went to my doctor because I was just struggling and uh, she said to me, this virus is out there, this coronavirus is out there. I'm not saying that you've got it. But what I am saying is you've got a really serious respiratory illness and you and it's February. It's not winter yet. You need to stop working. You need to calm your system down. You need to flood it with nutrients and you need to get over this before you um, get to the point of um, uh, being really sick in the middle of winter and possibly making yourself a candidate to pick up this even worse virus the other thing that was scary about it too is being really sick and then hearing messages all the time about getting sick because it just really screws with your mind and it makes you think that you're never going to get well again and um, it took me six seven weeks before I could breathe properly there that's kind of the big stuff and then being inside an apartment with two people who you love a lot for a long time <laughs> <laughs> brings its own kind of <laughs> has its challenges. It has its moments, uh, doesn't it? I liken it to tripwires because you've really yes. got to kind of like be aware of where your headspace is at and then be aware of where the other people's headspace is at. And my yeah. consumption of sourdough and pasta has gone through the roof, Look, which could be contributing to being tired. <laughs> Liz and I chatted about that on the last episode, and um, she has joined the, the crew of making her own sourdough. Um, <laughs> I haven't yet, but I've been. I feel like I've been baking everything else that I can possibly bake. I'm ringing my my dad, who, as you know, loves his. Uh, his cakes and so he's got full lots of polish recipes for me week after week so i'm whizzing oh, through those wow. and i haven't been through them in decades so for the first time i'm calling him and saying i want the recipe and yes i will actually go ahead and and cook this so where i'm gonna be that? in lockdown with you i'm not getting that kind <laughs> of service <laughs> it's not a bad cave to be in going back to life after lockdown whatever that is do you have thoughts on what this has meant for you how you're going to approach life differently yeah I do because it's a little bit about how I found myself in lockdown too so because I was sick and then I had to really help my body recover and then I found myself you know locked down and everything's changed and kids not at school so when I started my kind of recovery journey before this, I had to put in place some things that were going to give me a routine and were going to help me sort of heal. And uh, those things have been my saving grace. So I started going, I went back to meditation. Um, so I've, I've 
done full-on meditation courses and things in the past but I fall off that wagon really regularly when my life gets really busy um and so what I did was I reached for that and I started meditating half an hour every day and then I started meditating in the morning and then in the evening and um that just that in and of itself just calmed me down a lot and has become like a really good fixture in my routine um I decided not to read a lot of news as well like just give myself half an hour um in the morning to get up to speed on the news and if it's all coronavirus I'm not going to read all coronavirus I need to be aware of what's happening in the world um but I don't need to be consumed by what's happening in the world. Getting outside to do physical activities. So, and that has not just been a moving your body kind of experience. That's actually been such an important mental health break for me. And some, I didn't, I absolutely did not do that properly. Like I, I, before any of this started, I would go through really intense bursts of physical activity. Like I do a lot of ocean swimming and, I do a lot of like swimming training and I like hike up mountains, that sort of stuff. But um, in the middle of my work day, I would just work right through. I would never take a break in the middle of the day. And I have been forced to do that in this environment. And it's been so much better for me. Like it just breaks my mind up. And that is definitely something that I'm going to do, keep doing, regardless of whether this situation's around. And then the other thing mm. I did is I've got a diary that I read and so try to limit my screen time. But the other thing I did that I've never really done before is I actually sort of start, took up art. So I started a art project that is every single day I um, paint a small heart on a piece of um, paper. So I've drawn up over 100 hearts on this piece of paper and every day I pick one heart to colour and I pick a colour from something that's happened in the day, something that I've, it can be good or bad, like there's no thing. It's sort of like a little meditation on what that day meant. Um, And then I write like a tiny little sentence around that heart about something that um, I felt that day or that I felt grateful for. And at the moment I've done, I've nearly done 40 hearts now and they're all different colors and um some of them are really dark like um some days I felt just really frustrated and the hearts were like gray or black some days I just felt overcome with um joy and gratitude and they're really bright and yellow um other days they're kind of just green because um we sort of went through this in a kind of Indian summer period where Canberra was really really hot and now it's got really really cold and it was there was it was beautiful vibrant green around here for a long time so and I'm and when I started doing this I was like oh god okay whatever just have a little go get some paintbrushes out and now it's actually it's such a incredible testament to the the time that has been spent and um I look back on it and I can go, oh, yeah, that day, that day was very different from this day because all the days can sort of start to blur together a bit um, when you live like this.
Mm, and yeah, and I found that to be, it's so simple and it just found it to be a really kind of conscious meditation around it. So I think when I look at all the stuff that that has happened during this period, I'm like doing the things that um, help me be a calm, kind human being, reflective human being, I will, I will keep doing those. I will get outside. I will do exercise, but not necessarily exercise just for my body I'll do it for my mind I'm going to meditate more I'm probably going to you know explore art a little bit further I've been in a position to reach out to a lot more people and just listen to them and um, I think I'll try continue to do that and I may also change the way that I work because this I've worked from home before and that sort of stuff and I love being around other people but Working from home has actually really worked for my life and for my um, family and um, I think I can probably try and find a way to sort of maybe not every single day but um, find a couple of days a week where I might be able to work from home. Because I came into this with some structure and routine around my life, because I um, am a reflective person by nature, and try to find positive ways to do that. I think that really helped me find the value in the experience. Um, but that's not to say I haven't been frustrated at times. Mm. It's really lovely hearing about the art project in particular because I did see a photo that you popped up on Instagram maybe a week or two ago now. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, I've got to ask you about that. I'd love to know what's behind that. And um, it really struck me um, so much so that I even took a screenshot of it on my phone. Thought, really? That, that will remind me to come back to it and ask Catherine about this. So um, it's really nice. Like it, it gives me tingles a little bit actually just hearing about what your thinking was in, in doing that art project. Where did you get the idea? My daughter's school when they first sent them home, this is, this is really funny. You know my daughter, but her character will come out in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they sent them home, they, like, kind of went over the, overboard a bit and were like, we need you to keep a, a diary or do some kind of a project about your feelings at this time because they were really worried that all the kids would become really morose and distressed. Mm-hmm. And definitely, I'm sure some kids responded that way. All the kids I've spoken to have been like, this is awesome. I love homeschooling. So, um, And so Ayla had to come up with something and I was kind of tossing around ideas with her about how she could do it. And um, I said, I tell you what, you know, you could do little hearts every day and then and then um, colour them all in differently. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. One thing we've been doing is we get my daughter and I get on our bicycles and we're very lucky. We, we can ride down to sort of a lake area that's not very far from where our um, apartment is. And um, it's a whole wetland that's been preserved there. And it's really pretty. And um, it's kind of like a bit of like an urban jungle because it's still surrounded by roads and, and there's still, you know, a bit of noise of the city around it. But there's all these paddocks because they're basically like a floodplain. And as we ride down there, um, we saw a fox 
And so every day when we go down there, we um, try and keep our eyes out for the fox. And so one of my hearts is actually painted just because of that fox, because just looking at this fox mm. bound through these floodplains was so joyful and delightful. And my daughter just loved it. And that made me feel happy and calm down and, and take that in as my moment for the day. So, yeah, that, so, my, so my heart's kind of pick up on little things like that, things that ordinarily we'd probably just dismiss and forget about. Mm. I think my final thought would be this, which is that we don't know when this will end. We don't know how our different governments around the world will respond to this over the long term, really. And I was, I, I remember one day I was getting a little bit frustrated and my daughter said to me, you are where you are, mum. You just have to accept it. You are where you are right now. And she's kind of right. Like some of our frustration comes from wanting to be somewhere else that we're not right now. And you sort of just have to, get used to being where you are and then when you accept that you start to see lots of little joyful things around you and um, you can hold on to that stuff and that's the way I think to get through this. Catherine it's been a real treat thanks for speaking to me.